What's up, guys? This is Nick Oz from PNW's The Surge podcast, and this is kind of a different episode uh, in our series where it's not an, it's not another interview, it's not another heavy hour episode, and it's not another normal Surge episode that we usually do. Uh, but it's, it's a different one. It's very new. I've never done an episode like this before, so this is our very first uh, memorial episode towards... Uh, Towards a, a, a towards a band member that we lost, uh, and this one is specifically going out to Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, who we lost due to depression uh, from in uh, committing suicide on Thursday, July twentieth, two thousand seventeen. And when I first heard the news, I was actually in complete shock and awe, and I. I felt nothing but grief and and uh, personal guilt towards uh, the things that I've said in the past, the things that I've thought in the past, and what I've thought to this day, where uh, things have kind of shifted and kind of changed based on like how how I personally feel towards him and the band today. Because this really sucks. It, it, it's an awful thing for a family, a band, personal friends, or friends and fans to go through when losing a, a pillar of inspiration that affected a lot of people, including myself. And, and uh, if you guys don't remember when I when we posted the episode, one of our heavy hour episodes, uh, where I, I said, um, where we play better music than Linkin Park's new album. I, I, I really, uh, this is me coming out right now saying that I personally want to take back what I said. Uh, and you'll find out why later on in this memorial episode, because I'm going to go through a little bit of personal history as well as, um, as well as some other, uh, stories I'd like to tell re- revolving around how Chester Bennington and Lincoln Park really affected me and the, f- the friends that I've had in the past and, and that I currently have now and, and it's we're gonna try to um, I'm, I'm trying to let all of this out all of my emotions all of my thoughts all of my beliefs all of my fe- all of my feelings and and include and I'm hoping this is a, an easy channel for you guys to go through too if you're a Lincoln Park fan if you were ever a Chester Bennington fan uh, it, anything revolving around uh, the news the sad news that we got uh, on Thursday July 20th uh, so anyway, I, I gotta say that Chester Bennington has, has been like one of my top three huge influences in music to me. It's, it's Spencer Chamberlain from Under Oath, Anthony Green from any project from Circus Survive to Seosan, Sound of Animals Fighting and everything like those guys, and Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. Chester Bennington was like the, the guy that really started it for me, that, that started like the heavy music influences, the alternative rock influences, and anything in between all that, and it was actually the first band that I heard influences of like rap rock or rap hip-hop kind of feel meets really heavy rock or or new metal, and that was kind of like the new metal discovery I, I, from what I remember, like listening to them, and I first discovered them 
uh, when when I was in middle school, like when I was first starting middle school in uh, in two, 2003 to 2004, I was in sixth grade uh, or seventh grade probably, and uh, and I. I met I met up with a couple of friends. I tried meeting with people and meeting with uh, and, and trying to find a new social group because I felt really alienated after I got after I got out of fifth grade. And it's surprise it's it's such a surprise to me to as I reflect where I can think that that far ahead that far behind and. And I still remember, like, by the time I got out of fifth grade, I was going into a new crowd of people. I wasn't with the friends that I had with had in high school, not high school, that I had in elementary school. I wasn't with the friends that I had uh, in the in the past. And yeah, it, it was just a new environment for me. I mean, and my my cousin, who who was also in the same school with me at the time, like, was also going to a different school. I was I was a I was a little fish in a big pond in that part in that chapter of my life, and then I, as I was going into the in this social circle group when I was in middle school, uh, we had a little something called uh, um, a passing time, or or uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty much like a, like a a one point five period or something like that where like you got the news and headlines of like what's going on in the school and all. It was kinda like a an, an extra class that I was taking or that we all were taking when I was in middle school. And uh as we were waiting for like the bell to ring and all that, I had this really awesome teacher uh that was like, Okay, so this is where you guys can actually have social time and, and whatever until you gotta go to your next class. So uh as a treat, uh who brought new music today? And then this old friend that I had um, at the time was like, "Hey, uh, do you approve of Lincoln Park?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's it's appropriate. There's no curse words or anything like that or anything <laughs> uh, at that point." But we'll get to that later. Um, and uh, it was the album Meteora, where Meteora was really big. And uh, that, this was the first time I actually fully discovered uh, the band Lincoln Park, and I heard the song "Don't Stay." And I feel it necessary to go back in history, uh, my personal history, as to like how everything fell into place for me and what got me into the band Lincoln Park. And I was going to share snippets of uh, the songs from Lincoln Park uh, that I discovered along the way, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that what eventually got me into them. Uh, and some of these uh, topics that I'm bringing up on this mo uh, memorial episode is. Uh, <laughs> I did a bit of backtracking before I uh, started recording this and starting putting together this episode, uh, and I had <laughs> I had to eat crow for some of these albums that I talked ill about from Linkin Park to my fandom today and to my fandom back then and to my fandom now, um, and uh, we'll, like I said, we'll we'll get to that later. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, I list and by the time they put that album on as we were all talking and conversing and all because uh, they had to put age-appropriate music and apparently at the time Meteora uh, and other past Linkin Park albums at the time like from Hybrid Theory to Meteora and probably Reanimation like all those were age-appropriate uh, to play and they brought the my old friends at, at the time I brought in the album Meteora, uh, Meteora and they put it on and by the time I was listening to the album 
the first song that I heard was Don't Stay, or Forward leading to Don't Stay, and that song really got to me because I liked the beat, I liked the mix, I liked the, the good mesh of the instrumental qualities and the production quality, and then by the time I heard Chester Bennington's voice, I... I felt the emotion, like, in in the song. Like, he he goes from, like, very timid to, like, really in your face. And it was such a game changer for me when I, dis- when I discovered Linkin Park and when I discovered the voice of Chester Bennington and the talent of Chester Bennington. It was insane. And I, uh, I, I got into that song, and every day when we had passing time, uh, at my at my school, they always brought that album in and they played it like they played it like every other time. And then my teacher just got annoyed by it, which was really hilarious, and uh, just stopped playing uh, Meteor and was hoping that someone would bring in another album or or other artist uh, from any other band or or artist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it, it cracked me up, but the thoughts stuck with me as to like how much the band really affected me and how much Chester Bennington's talent affected me because it was so new, it was so fantastic, and and I, I was hoping that I could have gotten more, but I lived in a very different uh, background where I didn't get that kind of music yet at the time, uh, but eventually I caught up to it. And then a, a couple years later, where YouTube became a big thing, uh, I uh, then heard the song, the popular song, In the End, and I I gotta say, when when I first heard that song, uh, that was that was something that really affected me, <laughs> and I have funny histories with uh, historical to- uh, stories with, with uh, this song as well, because it stuck with me throughout my entire life up to this point. By the time I because I used to watch these like random compilation videos on YouTube where it was still kind of fresh and new, and in the end was always the background song during all these things. And uh, back when uh, everyone was was obsessed with the Xbox game Halo, I found like this Halo compilation video, and then in the background the background song during that entire video was uh, in the end by Linkin Park. And at the time I didn't know it was Linkin Park, and then I looked it up, and I was just like. Now I absolutely love this band. I, I I couldn't help but backtrack to like when I first heard "Don't Stay," and then I led up to hearing the song "In the End," and then I <laughs> I got even more into them, and then I, I the thought never left me, and the the feelings never left me as to how I felt about the band, and I still wasn't familiar with like the concert going scenes and the and people going to uh, shows and stuff like that, but because I was a kid. And I, I, like I said, I lived a different background, and at the time I, I couldn't afford it because, like I said, I was just a kid. Um, and uh, so, and then after after I discovered uh, those two songs, which I'll play back to back after this part of my story. Uh, how I first discovered them, and like I'm only gonna play snippets though because you know copyright issues and all, and also I, I do want to pay the band Lincoln Park Lincoln Park a shout out, and I'll probably have I'll probably do this again and again once we get towards the end of this episode. Uh, that uh, our hearts go out to you. We understand your pain. I understand your pain and and the suffering that you're going through in this trial. In this trial you're going through. I know what it's like to lose a friend. I know what it's like to lose a family member. 
I, we all do. We, we've all faced it. We've all gone through with it uh, of, of like having to grieve and having to mourn and having to uh, go through that entire process. So just know that our hearts go out to you, our thoughts go out to you, our prayers go out to you. And just, yeah, I, uh, I just want to make that perfectly clear to the fans and friends and family members of, uh, and the band Lincoln Park that, that, yeah, we, our hearts go out to you and we love you guys and we're sorry. And, but anyway, here's, uh, like I said, back to back, I haven't done a back to back, like snippet compilation since our first episode. So here's a back to back of, uh, don't stay, uh, by Lincoln Park from their album Meteora and in the end by Lincoln Park from their album Hybrid Theory. Here's the snippets. back like a minute to 30 30 seconds to a minute and like the snippets like I, like I said of those songs if you can hear all those songs like literally anywhere whether it be on the radio or on your Spotify or on your iTunes account or if you don't have them on your iTunes account easy to find and buy on iTunes and like yeah definitely definitely give this band some love because they absolutely need it right now both their past and their present work is phenomenal it's it's really great so 
going onward, I, I thought I'd actually share like how Lincoln Park really. I mean, if I can go in a little more depth as to like how Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington became such an inspiration to me. And, and if you guys have any stories to share or anything, feel free to uh, leave a comment below on 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 our or like a review of some kind and leave a comment there on our iTunes account or on our SoundCloud account or on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, like wherever you can find this episode. Like, let, let us know your personal story, or at least I'd like to know because I, I know I'm not the only one, or at least I hope I'm not. Um, but yeah, Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington really became uh, an inspiration to me because his vocals were like any, unlike any other vocals I've heard. Like, it goes from high, it goes, like, from the guttural screams to the, like, the very, like, the feel and the emotion that, that's behind all of it. And that his musical talent, like, he, he's crazy. Based on the videos that I've seen, uh, of both on DVDs or YouTube videos or foot, footage, and, like, anywhere I could find, like, live footage of how the band is live and how Chester Bennington is live. He is crazy. He's so good. He... He's so engaging with the audience from the recent videos I've seen. He's so engaging with his fans, and he he he, he loves he loved the life. He he lived it, and he loved it, and he he you can see it in his eyes that like no matter what, he knew he was like loved and appreciated for the. It didn't matter what craft that he put put together. He was just insane. He's he was absolutely creative, uh, lyrically and tonally. I would say tonally in the sense of like how he constructed the music and how like it, it went through I feel like it was I know it, I feel like it wasn't just him but then again it, in, in the sense of like how uh, the music's were the music was made and recorded and written and put together yeah the band Lincoln Park like from Mike Shinoda to Brad Delson to like all all the other guys um, they all had creative input but I felt like by the time they uh, put uh, Chester in the driver's seat when it came to doing vocals or putting together musical ideas. He he, he was a genius. It, it was so good. It was so... It, it was really... He, he had faith in it. He had a lot of faith in, in a lot of the music that he put together. He, he, he believed in it. He went forth with it. He also had... And that's another thing. He had pride in uh, the albums that they put together, the songs that they put together, the albums that they put out, the, the tours that they went on. It was, it was a lot of... It, it was a lot to take in, and it was a lot of pride that he did. I mean... And uh, when it came to the songs and when it came to the emotional depth, um, I, I honestly have to say when, it, when I heard the songs, especially like songs like Breaking the Habit and In the End and Paper Cut and uh, Points of Authority, uh, What I've Done, Leave Out All the Rest, I, I could go on and on and on and on and on with all these like great songs, uh, but you relate to it. Like there's, there's a relativity to how like the lyrics just and the songs and the, the melodies the harmonies like everything that just poured out of him like it resonated it, it resonated with you it resonated with me there was always like some sort of personal input into the the words that he was singing and the lyrics that he was singing and you actually uh, felt it and all that like it didn't matter the dark thoughts that you had it didn't matter the dark thoughts that I had it, it even talked some people out of depression and including myself even though he may have been going through it himself and it sucks that he it, it, that it, it took over 
it, and no matter what, like it, it just kept circling back around, and that's and that's the thing that is really tough for people that uh, struggle from depression is that like there's always a way for it to circle around and, and no matter what you should talk to somebody and, and that's something I really wish Chester could have done before he died um, but uh, but anyway uh, so <laughs> if I could I'll go forward with uh, some other personal stories that I had and like forth with the success uh, I got even more into them uh, by the time Mince to Midnight came out and uh, because it was unconventional, uh, but it never lost the soul to uh, what Linkin Park was to me, and what Linkin Park was to people, and what what it was to me. I mean, a lot of it was. This album did have some give and take with some Linkin Park fans, some music fans, and all that. Like, but but anyway, me, I absolutely loved the album because of its creative input, the lyrics, and and it was just the, the creativity, the construction. The, the production, it, it was all, it all felt really personal. It felt like they were trying to evolve from, uh, from a, a, a non-stereotypical sound and a non-stereotypical direction where like they weren't going to make a, a Meteora Part 2 or a Hybrid Theory Part 2. I mean, we already, because we already had those. And even though, and that's the thing, is that they never lost the soul. They just added a, a different flesh and skeleton to the sound that they were doing and the fact that I still heard instruments because I, that's the best part that I loved about uh, Linkin Park was that like there was always instrumental quality to the guitars, the drums, the bass, the 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 DJs and the and like from uh, Joe Hans like DJing and all that. Oh my god, I mean, like it was just so it was so creatively done and and it was so awesome like personally to me and that's and that was like a, a long time since we actually heard something new from Linkin Park and organically new from a, a band entirely or or Linkin Park so to speak uh and when I heard the song what I've done it was it was one of my anthem pieces growing up in high school and I never thought I'd find another band besides like heavy bands that I was growing up with at the time uh, growing up growing up with and into uh, from my freshman year onward, and by the time Minutes to Midnight came out, like, yeah, it, there were heavy songs, there were lighter songs, it had so much diverse sound to, uh, to Linkin Park's New Direction, and I, I personally absolutely loved it, and, and they never forgot about Meteor, they never forgot, that's the thing, the band never forgot their, their personal craft and all, uh, in their, in their previous albums. <coughs> so, so anyway, uh, I'll just uh, share the song "What I've Done," a snippet of it, to to just uh, remember like the awesome, just the awesome songs, and that's the thing you'll always get to turn back to like the awesome songs and the awesome times that uh, you you had with this band um, and all that. So I'm gonna share the track "What I've Done," which was like one of their popular pieces and always affected a lot of people. Uh, there were way more songs than just than just uh, uh, oh, this song, but this is the one that I felt necessary in a time like this to uh, to share to you guys. So here's what I've done by Linkin Park from their album Minutes to Midnight. Enjoy, you guys.
All right, that was Lincoln Park's uh, What I've Done track from Minutes to Midnight, uh, which is uh, in stores online and streaming services now. It's been been around since 2007. My God, I can't believe it's been 10 years. 10 years since that album came out. So, yeah, definitely check that song out a lot more if you're not already or haven't. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's been living under a rock when I bring up the, these songs or the times in the past of... Uh, what Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington gave us, but uh, I, I gotta say that it's it's all monumental. And if you have uh, lived under a rock, um, definitely give these albums a listen, and definitely give these songs <clears throat> definitely give these songs a listen, and and give them your full support because they're gonna need it now more than ever. So, <laughs> so I have a little short story revolving around when Minutes to Midnight was starting to get big. Uh, Back when I was obsessed with going to concerts, starting to be obsessed with going to concerts and all, I really need I really needed a change of pace in my life when, when I was a freshman. And then when uh, my summer was starting to end, and when I'm mean, not summer, when uh, my school year was starting to end, and I, my summer was about to start, uh, I I kind of snuck on some websites uh, uh, on on the school websites where I can find uh, like tours and new bands and albums and stuff like that and uh, by the time I went on Linkin Park's website they announced the Project Revolution tour of 2007 where they had Linkin Park, My Chemical Romance, uh, Taking Back Sunday, Him, uh, Placebo, Julian Kay, uh, Seosin, Medina Lake, uh, The Blood, um, and so many other bands like it was such a huge tour and such a huge concert lineup I really wanted to go to that. And I tried getting friends. I tried, but no one was interested. No one barely, no one really knew me. Uh, my my brothers and my sister weren't that really that interested. And I was I was kind of let down. And then by the time I told my parents to line up, they were like, eh, eh, on that one, <laughs> because like I said, I had a funny background growing up at the time. But uh, I was heartbroken at the fact that I had to miss that, and that I did miss that. And and if I had a time machine, and by by the grace of God, if we ever do get a time machine, that's a time where I would want to travel back to just so, like, I would not interfere with my past self, but I would just live during that timeline so that way I could just make it to that show and know exactly what it was like and know how I missed it kind of thing. This is just a small fantasy moment, but but uh, I it, it sucks. It sucked that I absolutely missed this, and this was, this was absolutely something I... I wish I could have gone to. That way I could have seen all my favorite bands for the first time, and it could have been the only time, who knows, because I never saw my chemical romance up until the point that they broke up, so I feel like I'll never see them. But but anyway, uh, going onward, uh, like I said, like I said towards the, the beginning of, of the episode, I, uh, I, just now today, or I, at least a couple times, uh, I had a moment where I had to eat crow. And I posted this on Facebook. Uh, a lot of people were, I mean, if a lot of people that could have followed me on, or follow or, or are friends with me on Facebook or have uh, any affiliation with me. But uh, I, I posted that I I gave uh, the album A Thousand Sons a listen again, and I couldn't believe how wrong I was, and I couldn't believe how hard on it I was just because... I heard different thi- different effects and qualities to uh, the album A Thousand Sons, which came out my graduation year, and I rem- and it all makes sense because you're going through a transitional period of like things are different in the sense of like music and 
quality in taste and, and quality in movies, quality in like a lot, a lot of things that you grow up culturally and that you're into. And at the time, it was so different to me that I didn't like it at all. I was all about the heavy. I was all about the punk. I was all about, I was all about um, like the actual instrumental quality. And at the time, I didn't hear it, and I was so ignorant and I was so stupid and young uh, hearing this album and. If throughout the past episodes that you heard from me and if those who may personally know me or those who may be connected with me, uh, they they all heard me say the same thing that I absolutely hated this album and I absolutely I didn't like it because I like I told myself I didn't hear any instruments I didn't hear any produ- production quality that that sounded not technical or not like in, like where they needed. Uh, like a synthesizer and all that kind of stuff. I, and when I gave it another listen, uh, I had to take take a step back and actually listen to the songs and listen to like the soul of it. And actually, because I listen to music totally different. And me and guys like Brian and Lance, we all listen to music totally different in the sense of like how how we hear it and how we listen to it, how we feel about it. And when I gave A Thousand Sons another listen... I, uh, I I couldn't believe I was completely surprised as to how wrong and how ignorant I was towards it and how hard on it I was and Lincoln Park if the members of Lincoln Park if you guys are listening to this uh, I do sincerely apologize uh, for being completely hard on this you may not know me I may not know you uh, or anything like that but from a fan from a fan's perspective and from a fan heart-to-heart feel to this whole thing and remembrance to Chester Bennington. I gotta say, I am I am honestly really sorry for how hard I was on this record and how ignorant I was and how immature I was. And uh, I gotta say, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it out to be. I was completely ignorant when I was a kid. And... I was completely ignorant up to up to this point because I was going based on memory, not based on like, oh, I should go back or I should like, maybe it wasn't as bad as what I thought at the time and all that, but like I was always going based on memory and how I was as, as a kid and how I was growing up. And I, uh, so again, I, I do apologize and I do, I do like this record a, a little more now. I do, I do like it a lot more than I did in the past. There were some, there's honestly a lot of songs that you can really like and relate and feel the emotion behind now. Like, I mean, I, I liked Iridescent, I liked um, Wretches and Kings, and like, I can, there's uh, The Catalyst I like, and uh, Waiting for the End is like an anthem piece to some people. Uh, me, I thoroughly enjoy it, but it wasn't necessarily my anthem piece. So, because I'm now freshly warming up to this album a lot more than I did in the past, so I gave it I gave it one listen before I before I uh, decided to record this. So uh, again, uh, this this album is definitely worth listening to. If you're a hardcore Linkin Park fan and like this, good for you, great. But if you're a hardcore Linkin Park fan that is just so like solely set on Meteora and Hybrid Theory and possibly Minutes to Midnight or, or anything else and just seriously does not like anything that came out after Meteora or Minutes to Midnight. I, it's okay. That's that's your relationship. That's your feelings. That's how how you are as a fan. I totally get it. But 
I mean, I, I honestly have to open up and eat crow and say that I, I honestly do not have an issue with this record anymore. It's actually pretty good. It's, it's pretty solid. It's pretty anthemic. It's pretty emotional. It's, it's very, it, there's, there's a lot of uh, protest behind it and there's a lot of per personal thoughts behind it and it can't, it's, it's kind of like a movie soundtrack. It's where like, because yeah, there are songs on there like where they're not singing. It's kind of like a interlude or, or something leading to another song or in like, or a segue. Uh, I, I totally, it, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not late. I mean, it's, it doesn't mean that they're lazy. They're just creative. And I failed to see the creativity when I uh, first heard it back when it came out. And now I totally get it and I'm totally for it. So I do feel it necessary because at first I, I mean, I wasn't so sure if I wanted to, but I'm, I'm taking the hit guys. <laughs> I'm taking the hit. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, play the song waiting for the end from uh, a thousand sons, uh, which came out in 2010. So here's waiting for the end by Lincoln park, uh, from a thousand sons. And Lincoln Park's track Waiting for the End from their album A Thousand Sons, which came out in 2010. Uh, I'm not going to repeat myself when it comes to Living Under a Rock if you hadn't heard it or anything. You guys know where you can get it. You guys know where you can hear it. You guys know where you can buy it. And, like, definitely, definitely, again, go, go show this band a lot more support. So, going onward, uh, their uh, album Living Things. I now got into, since... Uh, uh, a little after The Hunting Party came out, and I'm going to get to that album later, but um, I had to backtrack because at the time I was still going through a funny phase where I couldn't wash the A Thousand Suns taste out of my mouth uh, back in the day. Uh, and uh, it, it felt like 
it felt like a better but not as good version of a thousand suns to me and i was just like it's not it's nothing like that because like like i said i was i was an ignorant i was an ignorant kid in 2010 i was still an ignorant kid in 2012 when this album came out but now i i actually really like uh uh, living things, or as I'd like to call it, the eventual love of my appreciation and my devotion to the uh, album "Living Things" that they came out that came out in uh, 2012. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to love off of this record too. Uh, and I could have had another opportunity to see those guys in 2012 too. This will be an even shorter story, but at the time, I I wasn't really a huge fan of the of the bands that played with them. So I guess that's another reason as to why I didn't go. Uh, but they had another tour le for that record with uh, Incubus and Mute Math, and I didn't go to that either because I wasn't really huge on either of those bands, nor did I really know anything by them. But eventually, throughout the years, I got to know the bands a little more, like listening to them, and uh, it it all uh, came to me. It, like I actually appreciate them a little more but like i said when you're a kid you're you're stuck on one path and you're only you only see things tunnel vision and i and i uh i say that yeah i mean this is um one of those things where i i was a ton i saw things through tunnel vision uh when uh, this album came out and just like i did when a thousand suns came out so i uh i'm not hard on them anymore i and I'll get more into that later. But anyway, I gotta say, when I when I listen to the song "Burn It Down," like I wish I could have heard this song live. I wish I could hear this song live, and I wish I I could have seen like some of the because I heard like from a from a work friend who did actually go to that show when this album came out and they played this song. Like it, it was like a wall of like it, it was so booming. It was so like like you you felt the effect of the noise and the set from the amplifiers and and the set and the stage, and, uh, uh, man, like, this is actually, it was actually a really cool song, it may have been, like, number one on the radio, or number two, like, in the top 40 somewhere, and, uh, this song played, played on the radio, but Burn It Down, so, I'm gonna just go straight into it, Living Things is a great record, definitely give this another shot, if it's the same way you felt about A Thousand Suns, if you're a Linkin Park fan or something, blah, 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 whether it be good feelings or bad feelings, uh, either, you're just, I don't know, like how you feel about them is your is your feelings and how you think is how you think i'm, I'm not going to change your mind but uh if you're adventurous and want to actually give it another shot definitely listen to both those albums especially living things so here's burn it down from uh, their album living things enjoy you guys
All right, that was uh, Burn It Down by Linkin Park off their album Living Things. Um, I don't have to say any more, so I'm just going to go onward because it's just going to be the sh- same shtick as my, my other sharing segments uh, and my stories that I had from the past and onward on this episode. But anyway, uh, so now we're going to go to where I absolutely went back to like when I first discovered... Uh, Lincoln Park uh, when this album came out and it, it was that if not greater if not better and I'm talking about the album The Hunting Party which came out in 2014 and I was so happy to hear this record from when uh, it came out in 2014 because I got way back I got right back into them because I heard instruments again I heard the technicalities again and they got heavy I heard the screams from Chester Bennington again it was it was insane it was just like it was absolutely everything that I loved about Linkin Park in the first place it felt like I went time warp like where I'm between past and pr- past and future when when uh, I first heard uh, the hunting party because it, it the sound was there. There were a lot of cool influences that they put in there. I read an article from Mike Shinoda saying that they put influences from like At the Drive-In and Mars Volta and and bands like those guys into this record to having those kind of influences. I I was completely blown away when uh, when I heard like the snippets of the songs when the album was coming out and starting to and when it actually released. And I tried and I'm trying so hard to sell it to a lot of people who are either ignorant on their past records or, or anything, but Hunting Party is definitely worth listening to. I cannot stress that enough. I cannot stress that to anyone else. Uh, for anyone who either like hopped off the Linkin Park train whenever any of the albums after Meteor or Hy- Hybrid Theory came out, but this album would have definitely hopped you back on that train. And I can tell that to Brian until I'm blue in the face. I can tell that to Lance till I'm blue in the face. I can tell that to any other f- fan or friend uh, that was on that same train as, as my colleagues here uh, on the podcast. But... Uh, it's it's not worth ignoring. It's really cool. It's really great. You, you hear everything. It's so cool. It's so awesome. And when it first came out, that was like my album of the year for me. It was one of the albums of the year for me. I absolutely love this album. And uh, and then uh, another short story uh, re- revolving around that. I also had another time where I was so into like I, I wanted to see them again. Or not again. I wanted to still see them live. And I still have not seen them live ever in my life. Um, and they did the Carnivores tour that year. Uh, that's what it was called in 2014. And they were touring with uh, 30 Seconds to Mars and AFI. All those bands I absolutely love. And I wanted to go so bad. And they were playing at the Gorge. I hadn't been there in so long. And I could have had friends to go with. I could have had my fiance to go with me. I could have had my any of my family members to go with me. But we all had different schedules. I had a different schedule. And it was so hard to plan in between when you had so many indecisive people that weren't really on on that train to go with you and I wish I could have gone by myself just so I could save myself the time trouble and and all that but I didn't feel comfortable going by myself and I didn't feel comfortable like knowing that I experienced all that and I had no one else to talk to or experience it with and it made it made me ill inside um so I gotta say uh that when when that happened, I had to miss it, and it broke my heart, and I couldn't, I couldn't go to that. But the album still stuck with me, and I actually really liked the Hunting Party. Uh, and I'm gonna play a little uh, snippet of that song, or one of the so- one of my favorite songs off of uh, 
uh, that album, which is Until It's Gone, because by the time I heard that, it took me back to the Meteora times. It took me back to, like, Breaking the Habit and, and uh, songs like that. And and I'm going to share this song to you guys. This is a song. It's called Until It's Gone. It's off of The Hunting Party by Linkin Park. Enjoy, guys. Lincoln Park's track Until It's Gone uh, from their album The Hunting Party, which came out in 2014. Once again, if, if this album doesn't get you back into them, I don't know what will, but it, it, whatever your fandom towards Lincoln Park is, if it's not like mine, then uh, I don't know. It's it's your battle with, with uh, your fandom, I would have to say. Um, but anyway, uh, so going progressively forward into uh, now... Uh, uh, when uh, when they announced that they were doing another album, uh, which happened to have been uh, One More Light, uh, that came out this May, uh, I I was honestly really looking forward to it after the singles and songs that I heard that were slowly releasing to get the album promoted and out and known a little more. And when I first heard Heavy, uh, I was just like, wow, this is this is a little different. This is a little lighter. This might be like one of their lighter songs because I was so caught in the mindset that they went back to their creative roots from like Hybrid Theory and Meteora and, and when they did the hunting party and I thought we were going to get like another like hunting party kind of feel if not a little more creative and adventurous uh, in sound. And I... Uh, I, when I heard Heavy, I was just like, well, it's a good song. I'm just hoping for something a little more. And then when I heard more and more songs, and this is going to be a, this is going to be a deep personal and uh, and a confessional moment for me, like leading up to uh, how bad I felt um, and how I was when One More Light was about to come out or was coming out. I. Uh, I was really harsh on it, just like Brian and Lance were, and I really didn't give this album a whole lot of a shot. Um, and when I heard the songs, and I like it was just getting lighter and lighter and lighter, and I wasn't for the direction that they went with uh, One More Light at the time. Uh, when the album released, and a, a lot of the fans were uh, were pretty infuriated, like I was. 
uh, no one really gave this album. I felt like no one really gave this album a shot, and I, and I saw proof of it when I saw the ratings on iTunes, where like it got two and a half stars, still sits at two and a half stars, and I uh, I didn't really. I mean, I, I understood at the time, but no. I uh, it was horrible. It was it was just really horrible to to see, and and the fact that a lot of those, I mean, the guys in that band put a lot of effort into that album, or so so they say. Uh, I uh, I was too arrogant. I was too harsh on it, and I I couldn't believe it based on what I heard and all. I never really until today I didn't really give this album a shot and I finally heard the whole album like before I I recorded this and this is uh this is another uh, area in my in this episode where I'm gonna have to eat crow because uh, the I heard the whole album there were some pretty good emotional emotionally involved songs I mean it the best thing you you can probably take from this album or uh when you listen to it is that like it's not just a Linkin Park album it be, it's uh it's a personal album where each of the members like put their touch into where they wanted to do it and you could and I felt like you got that from Chester Bennington when he was singing the lyrics and doing the music areas and direction that he decided to go along with the band and he was so passionate based on like the videos and the interviews and the um the audio interviews that i heard from him and and the things that i've read even though he ended up being harsh to the fans in the end in the end and i got infuriated with at the point too uh where i i was upset i really didn't I didn't like uh, how he was treating his fans to tell people to move on from Hybrid Theory and Meteora, and because it made it made me anxious and scared in the sense that they didn't they because I I never really liked bands that that went like a totally different direction where they forgot where they started off from, and and because it's painful for a fan and a and a friend or or anyone who really put their support into how, the band in a band success. For them to totally forget what made them big in the first place, and they totally go in a different direction, and, and totally, and it came off as a spit to the face in the in uh, the fan and the fans to the fans, and I, 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 I was angry when, and, and that's kind of what led to the comment that I made on. On uh, the heavy hour episode, where I said, uh, where, where I said what I said, uh, where we play, <laughs> where I said uh, along the lines of like, yes, the podcast that plays uh, songs and albums better than Linkin Park's new album that that came, that this one, One More Light, that came out recently, and and I do want to take back what I said because if if I can go in depth with when I heard the album finally, uh, it. It took it took me on a different journey from from in, instead of like all the members of uh, like yeah they 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 decided to go on an unconventional route something that we were completely unfamiliar with and something that we weren't used to yeah it, it happens when it comes to change in, in adulthood and, and 
<laughs> with what a lot of us go through, like change, and we weren't used to it, and we still aren't used to it. And when when I heard this album, I was I became open because I I felt horrible for because I never gave it a chance, just like I didn't give a thousand sons a chance when it came out, and. And Chester put a lot of heart and soul into this. This was his confessional from where he tried so hard to fight the depression and fight fight off uh, his, his inner demons and his personal struggle as well as the rest of the members. It was all very, it was all very personal. I mean, there were a couple songs. I mean, like, I'm still personally, uh, I don't fully think that this is their best record but it is a it is a good record. It is a it is a listenable record. It's a it can bring a lot of people in, and uh, the fact that we're not going to get a tour anymore since uh, Chester Bennington's death is is very tragic because to some fans they wanted to hear what what the next journey was to like to those who are hardcore fans and some are devoted fans where they would just see them no matter what and no matter like what albums that they came out with and i was at war with myself by the time when i heard uh like they were touring and who they were touring with i i was a really jaded person and i decided to shed that skin off me like by the time i heard the news about chester bennington and i even feared like up uh, up to like the the news of Chester Bennington's passing, that uh, that I I feared that the reason why he could have taken his own life not only because of depression, which was in, it could have been because no one socially I I feared that no one socially accepted uh, the the music that he came the new music that they came out with and like they weren't giving him a time of day and after hearing the news that um, that one show that they did I, I think it was in Europe. Uh, where they did play their song Heavy from that album, uh, One More Light, and they were booing him and the rest of the band off and trying to get him off the stage or trying to get him to do something else uh, besides playing their new stuff. And they were throwing water bottles at him and everything. I mean, and I, I thought, I now think it's it's terrible. It's ho It was horrible to hear about, and but... I had awful thoughts in the sense when I heard the news that, like, yeah, the fan and I was telling myself, yeah, the fans don't like they're so used to old-fashioned, uh, like they're in they're more with the in with the old and out with the new kind of concept where it's role reversal where you uh, where it would be in with the old and out with the new, but um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I all in all like all news and jargon and and all that aside if i can go back to my thoughts on the album now uh one more light their most recent record that they came out with in may just understand this and listen to me listen to me very clearly for those who are listening this is the last album that you're ever going to get here ever in in the, the time from now uh, uh, and onward that this is going to be the last time you'll ever hear Chester Bennington's voice ever again. And let that sink in very clearly. And let that sink in now, where it comes to, oh, you want to hear more 
New Lincoln Park. If you're not gonna get you're, you're not gonna get Chester Bennington back, it, it's it's sad. It's sad to hear, and I understand, and I and I'm totally with there there with you. But but do take pride and take and take uh, and take it all in in the sense that this is the last album you're ever gonna get to listen to Chester Bennington's voice, his feelings, his his cries, his personal demons, his everything that he poured into this record with the band members and all. This is gonna be the last time that's that you'll ever hear it ever again. So definitely, if you're a Linkin Park fan, or if you're a Chester Bennington fan, if just try to try your best to to sh- to shed away um, like your first time that you got into them, like you're you're still stuck on uh, Hybrid Theory and Meteora. Like try try to get yourself to be a little more open, like I am. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but try. But if if not, if you're still not open to it, I, I understand. It's okay. I mean, you, you have your own personal ways to go through this, but do sink that in very clearly that this is the last album, the, the final album that you'll ever hear Chester Bennington's voice ever again. And I had to let that sink in very clearly when I decided to take it upon myself to at least give this album a shot. And... I now say and take back what I said about about like it being horrible. It's not as horrible as I set it out to be when I said my comment, when I said what I said on the heavy hour episode. I take that back and I have to I have to live with what I said. And anyway, um I just uh, I feel it necessary that I should say, I should share a, a song from there. Uh, I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat from from Brian and Lance because they they're not on the same boat as me, and I totally get it. Um, but I'm gonna share their their new song, Battle Symphony, uh, which is one of those songs that kind of affected me when I went back to listen to the album. So here's Battle Symphony from their new album, One More Light, uh, which is in stores and online now. And enjoy, you guys. Together battle 
right, that was uh, Battle Symphony by Linkin Park off their new album, One More Light, uh, which is in stores and online now and streaming. Definitely, if you're open to it, if you're on the same boat as me, if you're on the same boat as your friends that are like me or anything like that, whatever your personal journey may be or your personal th- your personal thoughts or feelings, uh, if you're open to it, I really welcome you and I invite you and I hope that you give this album a little more credit than you think because because of what I said earlier um, because I'm I'm definitely taking it in and I took it in and I'm I, I yeah I just I gotta say that what he gave us was was beautiful and what he gave us was was so was so uh, welcoming and was so um, relatable and to know that this was his last record that he ever got to be a part of with with Linkin Park it's really tough to take in so I thought I'd uh, take this moment and I'm I'm probably gonna since I'm running a little uh, ahead of time, I mean, a little longer than I thought when going through this uh, memorial episode. Um, I'm going to put together a little medley piece of, like, all my personal favorites uh, from Linkin Park, and they they all have affected me uh, personally. Uh, they've affected me personally, and they are my personal favorites, and why they're my favorites and I thought I'd go chronologically from their new stuff their newer stuff to um, their uh, older stuff well a little uh, out of order towards the end because uh, uh, I did tend to like Meteora a little more than than hybrid theory uh, personally and that's that's uh, just how I, how I felt I could probably talk more about it in future episodes as to how much the how much more the band affected me but this isn't a, a full-on Lincoln Park uh, podcast this is this is about this is about Chester Bennington and what he gave us and all and how I felt towards his music and what I love from what he gave us and also my personal favorites I'll, I'll just say and I'll give a brief description why uh, it, from a one more light to Meteora uh, I'll just say uh, so my favorite from one more light's got to be uh, uh, heavy because it was really creative it was really anthemic and personal uh, it was the only al- uh, song from that album that I felt had a little more uh, instrumental quality to it, even though it was a different direction, uh, and it was really new that we got to hear a song from from Lincoln Park where they guest featured a, a female artist, which was Kiara, and she has a beautiful voice. She's she's gonna go far in places, and I hope she does. If she's listening to this, props to you, uh, and and all my support goes out to you, and as well as the fans as well. Uh, I hope so. Um, so yeah, and it, it affected me in the sense that like it's still a problem that we all go through, and it's rel- relative to us. My, oh, so yeah, um, that's my favorite from One More Light. I'll I'll say uh, my favorite from the Hunting Party's got to be the the song War because it was the first like fast paced like punkish like heavy song from uh, like that time 
when the album came out, and the first time I ever heard uh, uh, Linkin Park go that crazy, and just and I can just picture like if they ever played that song live, uh, ever like anywhere, like he would get like four or five different circle pits if they ever played that song, and I was just like, I would love to see that. That would be so crazy. You just see. Chester Bennington telling people to <laughs> telling people to go in like five different circle pits. That's just that would have been really cool. That would have been really awesome. And and uh, and I wish that could have happened, or I would have been there if it did happen. There I could have lived and seen YouTube videos to see it happen. But but anyway, yeah, that was that was my personal favorite from the the album, The Hunting Party. Uh, my favorite from Living Things has got to be Lost in the Echo because it kind of reminded me of old school Linkin Park, but in a different creative direction that they were going with than in uh, the album Living Things, the direction that they were going with in that album. And uh, when I heard it, like it was it was personal, it was anthemic, it was it was full of protest during the the personal issues that they were going with when they were writing that and just hearing Chester Bennington's voice is very is very declarative and then when you hear you hear the screams in that song uh, at least a couple times and it's uh, very effective and that's the thing about his vocals is that like no matter what they're very effective and yeah, so my other fa my favorite from A Thousand Sons now, since I'm, uh, like I said, I, I gotta say, it's gotta be Wretches and Kings, uh, because like you get the technical aspect, you get the instrumental aspect, and then if you were to, I felt like, I feel like if you were to hear this song live, it would have been like very explosive and very into it, and and I can just imagine it would have been really cool, and I like hearing the sound of it, and when I heard it in my car, uh, on, uh, on my way from work today, it was it, it was f full of uh, like kind of kind of gets it gets you gets it to you. It's really it's it's amazing. It's re it was really cool, and then and like seeing Chester and Mike Shinoda like going off one another. It, it was it was really it, it was really cool. It was it was. Unlike any other song I heard, like from any other Linkin Park album, it was cool. It was really awesome. Uh, so my f personal favorite from Minutes to Midnight has got to be Shadow of the Day because we all go through a problem of like how do we move forward in life, even when it comes to life and death, or uh, having a bad day, or having a, having a good day, or having a semi good slash bad day, and it doesn't matter like how how crappy things end up in your life uh like and the sun will set for you like the lyrics are and in, in the in song like it doesn't matter how bad things get the sun will set and and the shadow of the day will embrace the world in gray everything will just end up coming together and you just got to move forward with it no matter how bad things get and and how you cope with it is how you cope with it especially from the feeling and the lyrics that Chester sang in that song like became completely effective. I mean, it may be simplistic to some, it may be organic to some, but like me, it's a it's it's a song that I needed at the time when I heard it. Uh, so, like I said, this is a little out of order for uh, from the list I put together. My other favorite has got to be 
uh, from Hybrid Theory. And this is my number two choice is Paper Cut because I love how crazy it is. It gets you right into the album. It gets you right into the sound. It gets you right into the direction. And when you first hear Mike Shinoda starting off the rapping and then you hear Chester Bennington's sing slash, slash protesting kind of like declarative voice and then leading to the, to the singing, it's just... It gets you into it. It gets you right into, and then the the personality behind uh, the song is is very anthemic too, and it's really awesome. I honestly, <laughs> it, that's what got me way more into them. Uh, got me way more into Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington's talent. It was just, it was amazing. Last but not least, uh, off my top seven favorites, I would say. Uh, is uh, numb because uh, during my uh, during my move out here in in uh, Seattle, it was such a it was such a alienated uh, uh, feeling that I had like going into a new environment. And uh, when I when I tried making friends, when I tried uh, uh, meeting new people and trying to live in a new environment, I I couldn't. I couldn't go through with it. And, it and even when it comes to other like even when it comes to small personal cha small changes in my life like I don't know a new job or a new church or a new uh, new group of friends or a new school or, or anything I always like <laughs> felt like they're they're uh it was so different to me that I couldn't get used to it. And then throughout, like, the struggles that, you, that I had with uh, uh, talking with my parents or talking with my siblings or talking with some of my other close friends, uh, it it all became a little more, like, like demanding how I, how I felt towards certain situations. And then when I heard the song Numb, uh, it made me a little more self-reflective and a little more open where I was just like, it's okay to be you, even when you're going through a tough situation. It does, it's, it's really, it's really more about how you go through things. And then when I heard Chester singing the, the, the lyrics, I've become so numb, I can feel, I can feel you there. I, I mean, all these other lyrics, I mean, the ones that, the one that really hit me uh, the most was when I heard uh, the lyrics in, in that song, which was, uh, <clears throat> like I, I'm becoming this. All I wanted to do is be more like me and be less like you. And exactly, like I felt exactly that same way in the sense of like there's a lot of people that that make me that tell me that I should be a lot more like them and more socially acceptable. Where I was just like, no, I am me. I am my own personal person. I am my own person. And and then going through all that and when I heard those lyrics I was just like yeah I'm alright with being me I'm alright with being like who I am today and people should be okay with that and so yeah so I'm gonna put together this hodgepodge of snippets of those songs of my personal favorites in this episode and you'll get to hear that up into up to my closing statement uh, so yeah here are all those songs in a medley of, of those snippets of songs uh, leading up to I mean, leading up to this end, end of the episode. I hope you dig all those songs just as much as I did. So enjoy all of those songs. I don't like my mind right now. 
Stacking up problems that are so unnecessary Wish that I could slow things down I wanna let go but there's comfort in the panic And I drive myself crazy Thinking everything's about me Yeah, I drive myself crazy Cause I can't escape the gravity
makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop.
guys enjoyed that that was uh, my custom made medley of all those songs it could have sounded great it could have sounded ugly to some because yeah some of them are a little out of place but <laughs> it, it it is what it is I just gotta say um, so yeah so that really concludes my uh, my uh, ode and uh, memorial in remembrance to uh, the legend that is Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park uh, I'm going to miss him very much, and so will the rest of the Lincoln Park fans and and every and every other fan of their music out there. And like how, however they personally affected you, is a great thing. And how how they uh, how it, it's how you feel towards them. The fact that you're still fans of them is is great. It means that you're devoted. It means that you took a stand, no matter how what level of fan you were toward, towards them and stuff. And it, I'm pretty sure it brings a smile to Chester Bennington's face up, up in heaven there. Or, <laughs> yeah, up, I mean, he's probably looking down, looking down above us saying, like, I have the best fans ever. I, I sure as hell hope he is. I sure, he, I sure hope he's thinking that. So, um, But anyway, uh, I just want to close with saying that due to the fact that we lost... Chester Bennington to depression. I just want to say that it sucks. Uh, I was mildly depressed in my life, if I can open up to you guys. I, when I first moved out here, like I said, um, in, in some of the stories I said in this episode and even in previous episodes, I think I could have said slightly, um, I went through some personal demons. I, I uh, was not used to a new environment. I was not used to uh, new people, new friends, because I wasn't so sure what they thought about me. What if they thought I was a freak? What if they thought I uh, would be better off dead or would be better off in a ditch somewhere or anything? I had all these horrible thoughts when uh, I first moved out here and went even went into uh, new levels of schools. Like for example, when I started in middle school, I was so f I wasn't used to uh, some of the familiar f any. F I had I had all these unfamiliar faces come to me, and I didn't know them they all had different personalities they didn't tick the way that I ticked um, and 
I often thought horrible things uh, where I questioned myself, would I, would, would the world be better off without me? That was the question I often thought to myself at the time. And that's, that alarmed my family, that alarmed my parents, that alarmed my closest friends. And, and uh, I couldn't help but think that at the time. And uh, because of such the shitty deck of cards and the shitty situations that I went through in my life uh, and the stories that went through the stories that I told you and that I went through uh, were were really definitive moments where uh, I had to take a step back and think to myself that no there is a reason why I'm put on this earth and my parents made that clear my siblings made that clear my fiance made that clear my fiance's family made that clear so many so many things from the past to where I am now like I'm so I'm so happy to be alive and you guys should if you're struggling from depression if you're struggling from anxiety if you're struggling from any any struggles whatsoever just know that you're not alone and there's always something worth living for and know that there are people out there that love you and I may not know you but I love you I love the fact that you're listening to this right now because it shows that you care and I just want to say I'm totally against suicide. I'm totally against like all I'm totally against the depression. Like I support all of that. And if you're still struggling, if you're still going through all that, call for help. Call a friend, call a family member, talk to someone, call a th- like find help, get help. You you need it if you're struggling that hard. And you should never face the fate that Chester Bennington ended up falling through. And I'm pretty like I like I said like I said I I mean I'm pretty sure he's looking down upon us saying that we all deserve better and we we uh we all have the same struggles we all have the same problems and we we all have a life worth living and we all and we all don't de- deserve what he faced and just know that you are loved there are people that care about you and that listen to you and no matter what you if you need that help or if you need someone to talk to do not bother to keep do not do not keep quiet and talk to them talk to your closest friends talk to your family members talk to talk to whoever you can so anyway uh that's all I have to say about that. I'll probably leave links below about like the like where phone numbers you can call uh, for if you if you're having struggles with depression or suit and, and having to go through suicide prevention and all that. I'll probably leave all that information below on our on our links on our uh, on our tags and informations and stuff. I'm I'm gonna do my the best I can to put a stop to depression. No one no one should face through this. I mean I I've, I've had it. I've had it with all that, and the rest of the world has too. At least I hope so. So, and then again, um, I'm going to close with saying, rest in peace, Je- Chester Bennington. You were an inspiration. You were my inspiration. You were a singer I abs- absolutely looked up to, and that I hoped I could be like someday. Um, and and uh, just know that I'll miss you, and the rest of the world will too. And we love you, and we we. We uh, know you're in a better place now, so thank you for what you've given us, and rest in peace.
So anyway, I'm Nick Oz from PNW's The Surge. Uh, stay tuned for more episodes. We're currently working out plans and ideals for that right now, but I'm not going to talk about uh, that right now since this is a since this is a memorial episode. But just know that there is more to come. So uh, thanks again for listening. <laughs>